Is there anybody in the entire political landscape of the United States, not just the Biden administration, is there anybody worse than Jen Psaki? She is so smug, so condescending. She's so dreadful. You, you watch these press briefings and because of what I do, I mean, a lot of us have to watch these, but I have to watch these every single day as she's, she just, her air is just condescension to people she's talking to. Pride is like oozing from her pores. I cannot with this woman. I cannot with this woman. She is the smuggest press secretary that I can remember. And actually, I, I was talking about this with my team because, as I said, we all unfortunately have to watch these entire press conferences. And I actually don't think that she's doing a poor job. And what I mean by that is, yes, I think she's a dreadful person and she's smug and she's condescending, but she's doing a great job being a representative for the Biden administration because that smugness that condescending attitude, that pride, those, that pride oozing from her pores, that, that little smile like, oh, you sorry people asking me questions, that smile that we all know and love now. This is actually a great representation of what the Biden administration thinks of you and thinks of me. This is actually what they think of us. But the press secretary, I mean, she acts like every single question is a stupid question and an insulting question with her little hand motion that she always does. It's almost like a cat claw, like, oh, I will get that question. I will bat it down. A press secretary should want to answer questions. That's literally what she's there for. She's there to answer questions from the media on behalf of the American people, not disdain them. But that's what she does. She has disdain for the idea of a free press if they're not on point, as she said, if the questions aren't the narrative that the Biden administration wants to set. But listen to what, listen how she snaps back in this very snippy way. She snaps back at um, a White House correspondent when, when the correspondent asks a question at the end of the press briefing. Take a listen to this. It's so snippy. Um, you you touched on this, but uh, I'm wondering, you know, the El Paso Times has walked back their claim that border agents were using uh, whips to deter Haitian migrants. Um, this is kind of a, a controversy. Some people are weighing what is a whip versus what is a, a rain. Um, and the El Paso Times put out a clarification saying, clarification saying it was not an actual whip. Does that change anything for the administration in light of the, the statements that were made last week? I don't think anyone could look at those photos uh, and think that was appropriate action or behavior or something uh, that uh, should be accepted uh, within uh, our administration. There's an investigation that's ongoing. Uh, we'll let that play out, but our reaction to the photos has not changed. Okay. Thank you, everyone. The president's polling continues to collapse. I'm aware really that. Like how to shout it again? Next time we'll do it during the briefing. Thanks, everyone. Oh, how dare somebody ask a question at a press briefing? How dare someone get out of line and ask a question that Jen Psaki just doesn't want to answer? Why doesn't she want to answer it? Because it's about Biden's approval rating, which is tanking, because everything happening in our country is happening because of Biden's choices, and Jen Psaki doesn't want to have to admit that. So she snaps. She snaps at Emerald Robinson. I think it was Emerald Robinson from Newsmax. She snaps at her. Don't shout questions at me. Maybe ask your question during the briefing. Well, you'll notice that Jen Psaki doesn't always call on every single White House correspondent because she doesn't want questions from people who will challenge her. Again, 
just contrast, compare and contrast Jen Psaki's behavior with Kaylee McEnany from the Trump administration. Kaylee actually enjoyed every question. She was in charge. She was informed. She was calm. She was respectful. And she brought the facts with her. She wanted to answer that question. I, I would sit back and watch those briefings with a very different mindset because every time Kaylee was asked a question and she was asked questions that were very unfair, very biased, very uh, just atrocious questions from the mainstream media, right? from these never Trumpers who have Trump derangement syndrome. And Kaylee McEnany actually seemed like she almost thanked people for those questions. Like, thank you. I'm glad you asked. Now let me drop a truth bomb on you. That, that is how you're a good press secretary. That is how you engage with uh, a free press, even when that press is adversarial, which I know the mainstream media sucks, but a press is supposed to be adversarial. Kaylee McEnany did that job right. Jen Psaki is cantankerous. She's smug, she's condescending, she has disdain for the American people. And I actually think that this is not just a, a shallow attack on her demeanor. This, this is actually, this actually speaks of something more serious in her philosophy. So you'll remember back in 2014, Jen Psaki was photographed wearing a hat in Russia that bore the communist hammer and sickle insignia on this hat. You can see this on the screen. First of all, what an ugly hat. Ew, don't wear a hat like that just for fashion's sake, regardless of the communist insignia on this hat. Um, I mean, even if it's a gift, how could you put something on that essentially is, is representing communism, that's praising communism, that's advertising communism? The lack of judgment here is shocking, unless, of course, she's sympathetic to communists. And maybe that's, maybe that's the truth of the matter here, because this is also how communists feel about a free press, about free speech, about dissent, about adversarial questioning, they feel smug, they feel condescending, they feel disdain, and they try to silence anybody who engages in that behavior, just like Jen Psaki is. Again, ugly hat, 100% do not wear. Now, in just a second here, we're going to talk about the gospel, according to New York Governor Kathy Hochul, who says, I kid you not, you can hear this for yourself. She says, God wants you to be vaccinated. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. God wants you to be vaccinated. The vaccine is from God, according to New York Governor Kathy Hochul, the first female governor of New York. Who on earth cares what her gender is? Um, it's unbelievable, shocking. How, how dare she say something like this? We're gonna get to that video in just a second. But first of all, I wanna talk to you about something really fun. It's called Paint Your Life. So paintyourlife.com is just as cool as it sounds. You literally get to turn your favorite photographs into art, a painting that lasts forever. It's very simple how it works. You submit a photo, maybe a photo of your most emotional life moments, a wedding, a baptism, the birth of your child, a birthday, an anniversary. When an artist turns that photograph into a painting for your home, it's such a meaningful gift for birthdays, for anniversaries, weddings. It's so much fun. It's actually not that expensive. It's very affordable. And here's the really fun thing. My team ordered paintyourlife.com artwork for me, but they won't tell me what it is and uh, want me to open it on air next week. So please tune in. We're going to open this on air to see what they're going to surprise me with. How it works is you submit your photo, you get to approve a draft of that photo um, for the painting, and then they ship it to you. And shipping takes as little as two weeks. At paintyourlife.com, there's also no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word Liz to 64,000. That's Liz to 64,000. Text Liz to 64,000, paintyourlife.com. Celebrate the moments that matter the most.
Okay. Governor Kathy Hochul in New York says God wants you to be vaccinated, that God gave us this vaccine. She, she's, I, she's preaching this from the pulpit. Take a listen to this. I've prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. She, she, she is such a creep. Like, what a creep. Be my apostles, go and evangelize this. This vaccine is from God. Like, you don't have any better argument in favor of this vaccine because you wouldn't have to resort to being a false prophet if there was good reason for people to get the vaccine. There'd be demand. There'd be demand for people to get this vaccine. People would want it. They'd be begging for it if they thought they really needed it. But because they don't, because there's a good percentage of the population who has respectfully declined from taking this vaccine, you resort to literally being a false prophet. Such an absolute creep. Even more so coming from this woman specifically. I mean, it would be creepy and kind of like the Antichrist, no matter what politician said this. But coming from Kathy Hochul, this woman supports abortion for any reason up to the moment of birth, unrestricted. So. Governor Hochul, what does God say, do you think? What does God say about causing a healthcare worker shortage? You are causing a healthcare worker shortage that will impact the quality of care. Because under the vaccine mandates in the state of New York, right now what we're seeing is we're seeing nurses fired from their jobs because they're declining the vaccine, which is causing hospitals and you know ERs or urgent cares to be understaffed, which is resulting in a lower quality of care for the patients in that hospital. What does God say about that? Do you have a message straight from God, false prophet, about your behavior? Your behavior that might lead to worse outcomes and God forbid, even death? Or what does God say about abortion, your abortion policy? What does God say about when life begins and how we should view human life made in Christ's image? And your policy, which encourages women to destroy that human life in their womb, that allows doctors to tear apart babies inside their moms, limb by limb. What does God say about that, Governor Hochul? What does God say about forcing nursing homes to house residents who are positive for COVID-19, even though that caused the death of thousands and thousands more nursing home residents in New York when you were lieutenant governor? That's right. I haven't forgotten that you were part of the Cuomo administration. You didn't just ascend to his seat after he resigned. You were his lieutenant governor and you never called for him to resign after the nursing home scandal, after his actions led to the death of thousands and thousands of nursing home residents. You did not call for him to resign. What does God say about that, Governor Hochul? That's right. That's what I thought. You don't have any comments from God, you false prophetess. You don't have any comments from God about those things. You only 
try to use condescending, weirdo, creepy religious verbiage when you think it suits your vaccination agenda. Well, just so you know, we as Christians, as actual Christians who follow biblical doctrine, who know that life begins at conception and that we are made in the image of Christ, that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, that we are called by the Bible to love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our minds and all our strength, that means that we think for ourselves. We engage in critical thought. And if we decide that the vaccine is not right for us, that it might harm us, this is not a matter of your false argument that, oh, it's out of love for neighbor, love for community that you get this vaccine. No, we're called to love the Lord our God with all our mind. And if we think for ourselves, instead of listening to you like a religious cult and decide we don't want the vaccine, that's fine. Because this vaccine was produced using fe aborted fetal cells. That means children were aborted and their cell lines are were used in the production of this vaccine. That there are many people who've been harmed by this vaccine. Their bodies, their temples of the Holy Spirit have been harmed by this vaccine when they were not at risk of COVID fatality. So don't preach to me some false gospel. Don't pretend to have God on your side on this vaccine. You're just being a total creep. You're being an absolute total creep. In fact, the Thomas More Society is suing Governor Hochul right now because her vaccination mandate, she just also mandated that people couldn't apply for a religious exemption as if she has any authority to just suspend the First Amendment, suspend people's right to free exercise of their religion and say, well, you have to have this vaccine, but you can't even have an exemption for religious reasons. Um, obviously, that's illegal. The Thomas More Society is suing Kathy Hochul because they say that she is attempting to nullify protections for sincere religious beliefs granted under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So interesting, very interesting. She didn't have anything to say about what God says about that, people's sincere religious uh, beliefs, the practice of their faith. Instead, she tells us, I need you to be my apostles. Again, what a creep. She, I don't, I don't know whether she's being a false God here or a false prophet, but this is how the radical left views government. They view big government as God. This is their religion. Their ideology is their religion. And uh, we're gonna get, into that a little bit more. I mean, abortion is their child sacrifice, socialism. I mean, let, let's talk about socialism for a second because Governor Hochul preaches an economic agenda as well. That's essentially socialism. Socialism, as we all know, is completely counter to everything that we find in the Bible. And the reason we're talking about religion here is because Governor Hochul of the Democratic Party who claims that we should have a separation of church and state is trying to invoke religion as a reason to coerce you into being vaccinated. Okay. Well, you can't have it both ways. So by the way, if we're interested in doing a full show about the biblical contradiction of socialism and Marxism, how the Bible tells us not to covet, not to steal, that charity comes from the heart, not from government, that the Bible defends private property, are we interested? Not a rhetorical question. Should we do a full show about the biblical contradictions of socialism and Marxism? Because it seems like it seems like the Democrats are acting as though we don't know that the Bible contradicts socialism and Marxism. If you're interested in that, let me know on any social media platform, um, on Locals, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, anywhere that you can um, contact me. Let me know if that's something that will interest you, and we'll talk about that. Um, in the meantime, Governor Hochul is firing nurses, and what's actually worse than that is the nurses who are being fired for declining to uh, take the COVID-19 vaccine are not going to be um, eligible for unemployment despite the fact that they've been fired. Um, because of this, even if they even even though this has been the law of the land that if you get fired, then you're eligible for unemployment. Hochul is trying to punish them. Instead, she's going to send in the National Guard to take their place. 
We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, this fall, as you know, I'm headed to college campuses across America in partnership with my friends at the Young America's Foundation. Um, At these events, I'll be able to talk directly with you and your peers about the issues that affect all of our lives. Plus, this is the most fun part. I will be taking questions live. Now, you do need to apply quickly if you want to bring me to campus this fall because the slots are filling up very quickly. People are requesting me at campuses all over the country. So if you want if you want me to come to your campus this fall, this semester, please, please go to yaf.org slash Liz um, and put that request in now before, before we're out of spaces. As you know, YAF is the master of these campus events. They've been hosting speakers on campuses for decades. I'm thrilled to be working with YAF to come visit your school. Um, go to lizwheelershow.yaf to put in this request. I've always loved meeting you on campus and at YAF conferences, one of my favorite parts of my job. We're gonna talk about some great stuff, foreign policy, abortion, vaccine mandates, cancel culture, modern feminism. So don't miss out. Put in a request today to host an event with yours truly on your college campus. If you're interested or know a student in your life who is, go to lizwheelershow.com slash YAF. lizwheelershow.com slash YAF. Okay, so Governor Hochul, um, as she's preaching to us about how to be good Christians, she is causing nurses in the state of New York to lose their jobs. She's firing nurses and other healthcare workers as well who are unvaccinated, and then she's depriving them of um, their chance to collect unemployment, which they previously would have been eligible under the law to collect if they were fired. Hochul is addressing this crisis, and make no mistake, this is a crisis. It will be a crisis when there is a, there's already a shortage of nurses. And when you compound that with a vaccine mandate causing thousands of healthcare workers to quit their jobs, there's going to be a crisis in care. You go to the hospital, there's not going to be enough nurses and doctors to attend to you. Wait times are going to increase. Quality of care is going to decrease. And what does Hochul do? How does she address this self-imposed crisis? She sends in the National Guard. And I want you to listen very, very closely to what um, she says in this clip. I was shocked that many people didn't pick up on this. Hochul says that she will be bringing nurses from other places. Take a listen to this, and then we'll talk about it. Take a listen. And we'll be nation leading with our mandate, which strikes at midnight tonight, when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of New York or a healthcare facility to have been vaccinated. I will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to address these shortages where they occur, and that's going to allow me to deploy the National Guard who are medically trained, deploy people uh, who've been retired, who may have had a licensed lapse, bring in people from elsewhere. That is not my first position, though, my friends. My, my, my desire is to have the people who've been out there continue to work in their jobs, work in them safely, and to all the other healthcare workers who are vaccinated, they also deserve to know that the people they're working with will not get them sick bring in people from elsewhere. That's the key phrase. Bring in people from elsewhere. Do you know what this means? It doesn't just mean from out of state. It doesn't just mean from out of city. It doesn't mean from other hospitals. She's actually trying to bring healthcare workers in from out of the country, foreign healthcare workers to work in New York hospitals to replace the American nurses who've been fired because they refuse to take the vaccine foreign healthcare workers. She's trying to give them visas, expedite that process to bring them to New York. Why is nobody talking about that? That's shocking. She wants to replace American workers with foreign workers because American workers won't, co- won't be coerced into her vaccine. And how is she going to do this? The other phrase, she said she's going to sign an executive order to give herself power. 
LOL, sign in order herself to give herself power. I think that's how a dictator works. I think that's authoritarian. You don't just get to sign a dictate giving yourself more power. This woman is ridiculous. These, these poor nurses, by the way. So it obviously impacts the patients, and that's the scary part, the dangerous part. But these poor nurses, last year they were healthcare heroes working on the front lines of this pandemic, taking care of COVID patients at their own risk. This year, sorry, you're fired. Your hero status has been revoked. The care that you gave to these patients worth nothing. We'll take your job away because you have not complied. Last year, healthcare heroes, this, this year you're fired. And do you know what I'm interested in seeing? What if we face lockdowns? What if these same government officials like Kathy Hochul lock down again? Because remember what the original intent of the lockdowns were? It was to prevent hospitals from being overrun by COVID. What if we have to lock down or what if we have lockdowns imposed on us to prevent hospitals being overrun, not because of COVID this time, but because of the vaccine mandate causing nurses and doctors to lose their jobs, which is causing hospitals to be short-staffed, which is causing the hospitals to be overrun. Are we gonna see that? Is that what this is gonna come to? Is that what's coming next? Lockdowns because of these vaccine mandates? I certainly hope not, but it seems like that's a plausible place that we're going. So circling back for a second, this entire ideology of the left, right? Their radical leftist ideology, they treat this like a cult, like a religion. And I, I, I liken the two things, a cult and a religion, because without Jesus Christ, if, you're, if we're not talking about the Christian religion um, or other, other religions, Judeo-Christian religions, then essentially it is a cult if you have a false God here at the head. And that's what radical leftists have. They have these false prophets like Hochul saying, please be apostles. I'm telling you this vaccine's from God. They have apostles, Hochul wants you as a government minion to evangelize a government dictate and a government-sponsored vaccine. I mean, this stuff is really creepy. It's really dark. It's really, really cultish. They have their theology, of course. Their theology is Fauci, Fauci the Pope, Fauci and his idea of science. I put that in quotation marks for those of you listening because Fauci's science isn't actual science. It's just Fauci's theology. The radical leftist doctrine here is their theology. They have, in, in, this, in this cult of the left, they have their false god, which is government. They say, government loves you. Government wants, wants what's best for you. Government will take care of you if just you rely on government. Have faith in government, they tell you. Oh, that's a false god. They also have elements of paganism in their cult. They have child sacrifice, which is essentially you know, the Antichrist, of course, that's abortion, rejecting the image of Christ, sacrificing children for material wealth and material success in the world. Um, and then maybe maybe Saki can be the Pharisee. I don't know. It seems like perhaps that uh, she fits that. She fits that. They also have tithing in this cult, this religion of the left, tithing to the great and powerful Pelosi. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, but first, we, we've talked about this many times on the show and it's really no secret, the radical left is using your children, our children, to turn America into a Marxist nation. They're trying to indoctrinate the youngest, the most vulnerable minds with radical ideologies like critical race theory. Enough is enough. America's youth must not be used for the left's political agenda. In the description of this episode on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube, I put a link for a petition to remove critical race theory from schools. If you are ready to fight back and send a message to your elected officials, if you want to take action more action than just voting every four years. Do something so you don't feel helpless and hopeless. Please sign the petition today. Just click the link below, add your name, and say no more. 
Americans everywhere, regardless of politics, reject the entire premise of critical race theory, yet educators are forced to teach this ideology, this poisonous ideology. So you can join millions of Americans who are protecting our children and who want critical race theory out of our schools by adding your name to this petition, demanding the Department of Education take immediate action. Once again, join the fight, help fight back. Click the link I put in the description on Apple Podcasts and YouTube to sign the petition demanding critical race theory is removed from our schools. Take action. Okay, so then we have tithing in this cult of the left, this religion, of this false religion of the left. This is how they operate. Their entire uh, political structure is this false religion. They have tithing to Pelosi. This forced taxation by Pelosi is their form of tithing. Um, and their forced taxation, of course, is what they're going to use to pay for this abominable $3.5 trillion spending bill. Let, let's take just a second and talk about this spending bill, Pelosi's $3.5 trillion spending bill. So first of all, remember that this spending bill is their budget reconciliation bill. They're using a budget reconciliation procedure to um, circumvent the filibuster because they know there's no bipartisan agreement on this. So it's a procedural trick um, that they're going to use in the Senate to get just the barest majority instead of the 60 votes that they would normally need to overcome a filibuster. They're going to use a budget reconciliation bill to pass this smorgasbord of radical leftist agenda items. Guess what's in this spending bill? We, we keep hearing this phrase, spending bill, budget reconciliation, but I don't think that at least I, I should just speak for myself here. I shouldn't even speak uh, for the conservative movement. I think I have almost been reading over the headlines that talk about the spending bill, thinking my first inclination when I read these headlines is just, that's so irresponsible. Spending like this is gonna put this debt, this tremendous burden on our children and our children's children. It's also a national security risk, as I talked about in yesterday's show. But truly, I think I've almost been missing the point because what's in this spending bill is the Green New Deal. I mean, this is the socialist agenda items that the radical left has been talking about for the last eight years, for the last, I mean, since we, we heard about all of these agenda items from Bernie Sanders, from AOC, yes, from Pelosi, from the squad, it's in this spending bill. And we're not talking about that aspect. We're talking just about the actual amount of money, which is horrendous. But let's talk about what's in this spending bill. The climate change provisions in this spending bill are so destructive. So the purpose of the climate change uh, initiative in this is essentially the Green New Deal, but the purpose is to reach Biden's goal. Biden's goal is to reduce carbon emissions by 50% and for the U.S. power grid to get 80% of its power from emissions-free sources before 2030. That's unrealistic unless you're talking about nuclear energy, which radical environmentalists are even against. So what's going to happen here is they're going to attack the fossil fuel industry, which is going to just drive the cost of goods and services for the American people up. It's going to make the U.S. reliant on foreign sources of power, which is, again, a national security risk. So this goal is stupid, for one thing. Um, and the way that they're going to implement it is even more idiotic. What they're going to do is this spending bill will establish what's called a civilian climate core. Yes just as creepy as it sounds. This will be young people who work for the federal government and the purpose of their work for the federal government will be to conserve public lands and waters. Okay, we all agree with that. No argument there. But wait, the Civilian Climate Corps will also bolster community resilience and advanced environmental justice. What the H-E double hockey sticks does that mean? Bolster community resilience, advance environmental justice, you know, that sounds an awful lot like Marxism to me. It sounds an awful lot like equity. 
which means not equal opportunity, equal outcome, which requires discriminating against certain people based on immutable characteristics in order to achieve this equal outcome, which is the hallmark of Marxist policy. It sounds an awful lot like the federal government is going to hire an activist core of radical environmentalists who want Marxism, who actually value Marxist agenda items, Marxist politics over the American people who should be the priority. It's really, really creepy. So also in this spending bill is a provision um, to electrify the federal vehicle fleet and to retrofit buildings across the country. This is the Green New Deal. This is exactly what the Green New Deal had. They're going to force people to spend their money um, on making everything green. No, I have no problem if you want to do this yourself. I have no problem if the free market dictates that this is the next generation of energy. That's fine. But when the federal government is either spending our money to force these green initiatives on um, federal government expenditures, like the vehicle fleet of the federal government or buildings, or they're taxing people and using those taxes um, on, on this kind of radical environmentalist agenda, I'm not okay with that. That is not something that should be put through a budget reconciliation bill. The only reason the Democrats are doing this is because they know how unpopular it is. There's going to be more fees on people that pollute. There's going to be consumer rebates for home electrification and weatherization. Again, they're using taxpayer money to incentivize a green agenda. And there's been reports that there's something like $25 million in this bill that are going to be spent just to conserve different kinds of animal species like the desert fish. That's not to say that I don't think that we should be good stewards of the environment, good stewards of the earth, good stewards of the animal kingdom. That's fine. But $25 million to conserve the desert fish? I don't think so. I don't think that we should be using that money on fish when the American people are struggling to make ends meet. When the American people, when we, our family and friends, have had businesses closed down, their livelihoods wiped out from these COVID lockdowns, and instead of allowing them to keep their own money, the federal government's going to tax us and spend $25 million on a fish? Dear Lord, no wonder they don't want us to know what's in this. Also, in this spending bill, Pelosi's creepy spending bill, is government overreach and spying like you have never seen before. The IRS, which has a history of targeting conservatives, anybody liberty-minded, we know the IRS scandal where they refused to approve applications for nonprofits if those nonprofits were conservative organizations. The IRS, and they specifically targeted, they admitted that they tried to deprive conservatives of rights because of equal opportunity, I should say, because the conservatives were conservative. The same IRS is getting $80 billion, $80 billion to creep more on you, to enforce these new tax mandates. $80 billion going to the IRS. And then, this is the worst part. There's a new provision. There's a provision in this bill that would require banks to report to the IRS any transaction in your bank account of more than $600. The federal government, the IRS that discriminated against us because we're conservatives would have eyeballs on your bank account. Any transaction more than $600 would be reported to them. What are they going to do with that? Are they going to use that against us? This is the creepiest thing that I've ever heard. This is what's in the spending bill. Why aren't we talking about this? Yeah, it's great to talk about the fiscal irresponsibility. That's true. That's valid. Of course, it's irresponsible to spend this much money. But what we're spending the money on is going to create a lot more problems. There's social engineering provisions in this spending bill, government indoctrination provisions that will chill, give you the chills. So there's government-funded paid family leave 
And what that means is that the government is going to tax people and they're going to force private companies to pay people for maternity and paternity leave. And, and listen, I just had a baby. I'm very um, sympathetic to wanting maternity leave. I had a very generous maternity leave and I'm very grateful for that. But the government shouldn't be involved here. The government shouldn't be forcing private businesses to either pay for maternity leave or taxing people and using that money to fund, to give people money during maternity and paternity leave. That's not the government's role. It's a violation, actually, of people's money because you can't just take someone's money and give it to someone else for their choices. It's terrible. There's also this free, and I put that in quote unquote, there's free universal pre-K for three and four-year-olds. Um, so let's just be very clear about what universal pre-K for three and four-year-olds is. This is government-run preschools for toddlers where toddlers will be taught what the government wants in their heads versus what parents would otherwise teach them. Of course, government wants this to be free for you. They want to encourage as many toddlers as possible to get first in line for their indoctrination centers. Imagine, they used to just have this opportunity to indoctrinate in college. Then they started pushing this indoctrination into high school, into middle school, into you know primary school, even kindergartens. Well, now they want an extra one or two years. Imagine if you as a parent don't even have the opportunity to form your child into the person that he or she should be. Don't even have a chance to instill your values, your principles, your religion, your belief into your child. No, the government indoctrination center will take your three-year-old and they will form your three-year-old into the Marxist minion that all of these radical leftists want. Free universal pre-K is absolutely creepy. We should be focusing as conservatives way more on this. This is a literal cradle-to-grave brainwashing pattern that we're gonna be paying for in Pelosi's spending bill. There's also free community college, quote unquote free, not really free as we know, free community college for two years for everyone, including illegal aliens. So you will be taxed to fund other people's college. That's bad enough as it is, it's unfair. But it's also for foreign nationals. You will be paying for college for people who are in our country illegally after breaking the law. How awful is that? How completely awful is that? There are also provisions that will break our welfare system. We talked about this last week, the Cloward-Piven strategy, which is a new left, a Marxist theory um, that says the best way to get to um, a Marxist civilization, a universal basic income civilization, is to actually overload the welfare state to break welfare so that we'll be forced, the government will be forced to give everyone a paycheck every month, which is universal basic income. So there are provisions in Pelosi's spending bill that would do exactly that. Uh, she wants to expand Medicare for dental and vision and lower the age from 65 to 60. So my question when I read this, like obviously it's gonna break welfare, but isn't Medicare supposed to go broke in like two years anyway? Th this would ruin it. This would cause it to go broke immediately. And what would happen if it goes broke? Well, then we'd have universal healthcare. We'd have socialist style healthcare, Medicare for all, Bernie Sanders healthcare, these bureaucrats in charge of all of our healthcare, because we'd have to then usher that in because otherwise what's going to happen to the healthcare of all of these people? That's the strategy of the radical left. I mean, and there's other equity related things too, other Marxist provisions in this bill. Democrats actually wanted green cards for illegal immigrants um, Senate parliamentarian, unfortunately, says no immigration in a budget reconciliation bill, but what they wanted to put in there was everything that they know they can't pass in the Senate. So they, they can't pass it in the Senate because they can't get 60 votes. They can't get bipartisan agreement. So they're trying to sneak all of this stuff by while they have control. I mean, 
This is horrendous stuff. We're not, and we're not talking enough about what's in this bill and what it would mean for our country. We're only talking about the irresponsible spending. It's also going to cost us an insane amount of money, right? It's going to, if you earn less than $200,000 per year, then you would pay less in taxes, but only until 2025. Then you would pay more in taxes. So when the Democrats say, oh, anybody under, who's earning under $400,000 a year will not see a tax increase, that's false. It's completely temporary, even if you earn under $200,000. Um, but for those people who earn $400,000 or more, it's actually a sneaky tactic. There's, there's essentially a marriage penalty in this bill because it's only, if, if you earn $400,000, it's only if you're an individual earning uh, under $400,000. If you're married and you file jointly, then it's $500,000, which means if you're married, you have to pay more taxes if you earn $250,000. You are actually penalized for being married and having a joint income. So don't listen to a word that the Democrats say. There's a wealth tax in this bill, a specific surtax on people just if they earn a certain amount every year, a wealth tax. They're gonna increase the corporate tax rate, which will be tremendously damaging um, for businesses across the country. There's tax, the taxes on wealthy Americans because of uh, Pelosi's bill are expected to rise or to raise $1 trillion. But of course, according to the cult of the left, the religion of the left, the theology of the left, their radical leftist ideology, which they use as doctrine, you must do this. If you love your neighbor, you must do this. This is how you tithe. This taxation is how you care for others. It's ridiculous. So in, in, this, in this religion, this cult of the left, somebody must also be crucified in this cult. Now, those who should be crucified, the radical left, according to the radical left, well, the radical left is actually endorsing eco-terrorism in the name of climate change, harming other people in the name of climate change. That's the only way to redeem our planet, they say. The only way to redeem. Do you, do you see these really creepy religious themes in the way that the, the radical left operates? The New Yorker, the mainstream media, actually amplified calls for eco-terrorism. They invited an eco-terrorist, someone who says that he'd be happy to participate in eco-terrorism. His name is Andreas Malm. He's from Sweden. He's the author of How to Blow Up a Pipeline. And he does say, I guess to his credit, that he doesn't want to hurt people, but he will bomb infrastructure to make his point. I mean, that's literally eco-terrorism, but that's okay, according to the radical left, because it will redeem the world. It will redeem our planet and climate change. This stuff is so incredibly creepy. And then of course, at the end, the sacrificial lamb of the radical leftists' religion, it's you. They don't care what happens to you. They will sacrifice you at the altar of their doctrine and their ideology. So there you have it. What a bunch of creeps. So um, Joe Biden got his booster shot, um, his third vaccine, his booster shot this uh, week. And dear Lord, this is maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, if you want, if you want, if you want to see this with us, please, please join this. This is a segment for locals, VIPs only. So you can join us at, uh, lizwheelershow.locals, lizwheelershow.com slash locals. I should, I should say, clearly I cannot speak. Lizwheelershow.com slash locals, um, to talk about Joe Biden getting his booster shot, because this is maybe the funniest thing that I've seen all day. If you want to see the rest of this segment, hear everything that we're going to talk about, head on over to Locals, the Liz Wheeler Show community at lizwheelershow.com slash locals. See you there. All right, the great and powerful Jay Hay says, 
I am out of time that I must stop talking for today. I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, think for yourself. Use critical thought. Question authority. Follow the facts and don't let government or corporate wokeism or cultural Marxism or anybody bully you into being a sheep. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a review. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Assistant editor, Michael Wall. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Post-production manager, Victoria Metzl. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.